Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Ah, Star Wars fans, you never disappoint. After years of wishing upon a star and bouncing around in their Empire Strikes Back PJs each night, they finally got their wish when Boba Fett made his glorious return in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. He came, he saw... His ship rotated just the way we always imagined it would, and we got to see him kick some ass. Now he gets his own show on the Disney Plus, and those very same fans are... angry. So we're here to take a look at the first three chapters of The Book of Boba Fett and see what people are saying about it in this, episode 89. Go suck on a knee rocket, you whining, never satisfied humps. And, uh, uh, excuse me. I mean, discontent in a galaxy far, far away. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who was once booked to win the Intercontinental Championship from the Honky Tonk Man before messing it all up by stepping on the man's tube of pomade. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and a certified steak bounty hunter. I give you the man they call Tim. Well, hello. <laughs> am I doing a show with Mrs. Doubtfire? What the crap is going on here? <laughs> it's uh, it's actually more meant to be a little bit of a, a takeoff on the uh, Seinfeld uh, gimmick of, of uh, they had an episode where you would walk around saying hello or something goofy like that. So I thought I'd throw a curveball at you, my friend. I thought you might be wearing a wig and a muumuu. I had no idea. Like. <laughs> Hello, what have we here? <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire, Medea, some sort of weird no, things going no. on. You know, I mean, no, yeah, no. you know what? You do you. I'm not here to judge. I just I'm just want to know exactly what's going on. That's all. <laughs> just want to know how to play this and, and what's happening. Anyways, uh, once again, we have all kinds of fun stuff planned out here. But, you know, we probably ought to get into what's happening here. So we're going to get into the Week in Geek. But however, however, big mm. news, big news here in Episode 89. We got ourselves a sponsor, sir. Really? We got ourselves a sponsor for the Weekend Geek. Now, wow. I, I, I will say, I got to give some credit here. I sicked Patrick on this assignment like 20 episodes ago. And quite honestly, it was just an assignment to get him out of my freaking hair. <laughs> I is totally like just... <laughs> Go over and, and do this thing, mm-hmm. hoping that he would just leave me alone for a little while. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. He actually came through and we got a sponsor. Nice. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see if we can, if this will, if, if this ends up being a thing, if it repeats or if we'll get fired by them. I have no idea. Is this but, uh, Honky Talk Man's pomade company or what? Oh, dude, that'd be great. <laughs> Because Honky Honky still got himself a pretty glorious like head of hair on oh, him yes. these days. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I don't know what I don't know how old he might be, but man, and what and for a while he had like long hair. Mm-hmm. Like he had a he had like the 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 Elvis thing in the front, and then like Willie Nelson in back. It was the weirdest sort of thing. You like a Memphis mullet. I don't know what you call it, but it was it was glorious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, no, it is not for Honky Tonk Man's pomade, although. 
that would Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. Take the take the headphones off. <laughs> take the headphones. Crying out loud, I feel like I'm talking in Finding Nemo. I'm not speaking whale. Take the headphones off. Hey, see if you can get the get a uh, Honky Tonk Man's I think, pomade. I think Uncle Tom's gonna have his first sponsor. Time. Yeah, Honky Honky Tonk Man. Honky, t- the wrestler. You don't know who Honky. He doesn't know who Honky Tonk Man. How did you even get past like the interview process? <laughs> Gosh. Did you interview him? Because I certainly didn't. <laughs> I'm just starting to realize that now. I never. <laughs> who interviewed you? <laughs> Phil? There's no Phil here. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about that. In the meantime, Honky Tonk Man, Google it, pomade. Just see what we can make happen. All right, anyway, sorry about that. Oh, that I'm, I'm, it's not even like he's going to drive me to drink. We're we're way past that. Like he might he might drive me to hallucinogens at this point. I don't know. Although I don't know, life is weird enough. I don't know if I can handle it on hallucinogens. Anyways, we are getting into our week and geek sponsor. This episode's week and geek is sponsored by gluten free bagels. No particular brand, just gluten-free bagels in general, because regardless of who makes them, it seems like they've all been cut by demented drunk monkeys with serious eye impairments and little to no hand-eye coordination, which, when toasted, winds up yielding one half that's a dusty bagel crisp and another that's like eating an entire loaf of bread. Why? Because screw you, that's why. So when you have no other options and want yet another reason to hate your miserable, tasteless experience, try gluten-free bagels. Hey, you know what? It's a living. What do we got for the Week in Geek? so funky all right my friend uh we have a couple uh tasty morsels from the land of geekdom oh i see what you did there first <laughs> first one coming from screen well done well done com by way of uncle todd interesting uh article concerning um or asking the question what if phase one's uh originally planned avengers so marvel phase mm. ones mm-hmm. originally planned avengers had fought thanos and really, uh, you know, I, I, I think the whole how they would fare against Thanos was kind of uh, the lead that got buried sort of sort of thing, because what's probably most interesting in this article is exactly who the plan phase one Avengers might have been. Yes, um, do tell, please. So uh, originally uh, what they were planning to do, if I am understanding this correctly, is uh, they had 10 film franchises planned around Captain America, Nick Fury, Black Panther, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Hawkeye. Now, here's where I get out of my depth in terms of the comic world. Uh, Cloak and mm-hmm. Dagger, which to me is a, is a Dabney Coleman vehicle, and that's yeah. about it. Uh, uh-huh. the, the power pack, which sounds like something from the 80s that attached itself to the Transformers and <laughs> Shang-Chi, uh, who we've come to know and love most recently. Um, yes. And then from those 10 films would have eventually culminated the phase one Avengers. Other details, uh, Doctor Strange, uh, who, you know, who I mentioned, uh, was initially going to have a similar role to Iron Man, which is kind of interesting because in many ways, his origin story uh, in, in what was the, you know, his introduction in the MCU, you know, in a lot of ways mirrored, uh, you know, uh, Iron, uh, Tony, Tony Stark, Iron Man's 
uh, yeah. you know, origin as well, you know, with, with going through kind of a tragedy of sorts and kind of, you know, developing into the, the hero that, that he became. Um, or just de- developing into a human being that most people could tolerate and yes. just didn't tolerate because, hey, you're rich and talented. Yeah. And, and the idea being that he would have initiated the shared movie universe and he would be kind mm. of that connective tissue in the way that Tony was. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and so anyways, before I get too far, you know, too much further along here, uh, your thoughts on this lineup. I mean, some of it is similar to what we have already, you know, to what we got. Um even though it was maybe kind of uh, parceled out in in a few phases beyond phase one, but uh, but overall it was kind of, it kind of an interesting group I think. Yeah, it's a little bit weird for me to. It's really it's really hard for me to to picture the Avengers as at least the you know version one Avengers as anything other than who they are. Yeah, you know, and not having Hulk, not having Thor. Um, well, actually, and, and Iron Man in there. Now, Iron Man, I could kind of see because Iron Man, until we got Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, Iron Man was kind of a, a niche character. Like, I don't think he was ever looked upon as like, oh, my gosh, this is where this is the the character whose shoulders you're going to build mm-hmm. this dynasty on. Yeah. Um, Which was the story, because, I mean, they'd, they'd Marvel had sold off everything that they figured they could churn a buck off of. You know, that's why you didn't have Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men. Etc. 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 Anyone who was willing to buy anything, they're like, sure, why not? We're hemorrhaging cash. Sell what you can. <laughs> so they they kind of use what they what they could to get going. Now, I I I agree. I think that Doctor Strange would have been an excellent choice to be that connective tissue. Um, Black Panther, of course, we've seen at least if, and I'm I'm going to assume with some of these characters that they are going to be executed the same way because otherwise mm. you're just so far off the map i mean you're spitballing so right. yeah black Pan- black panthers we saw him totally great inclusion for the avengers oh mm. yeah would have would have definitely served them well um doctor strange again yes uh, very very powerful individual could definitely hold his own um cloak and dagger again no freaking clue myself who that is uh power pack uh um <laughs> shang chi although we we see i mean it would have been i mean i think that you can see some of these being a little bit of an upgrade like i mm-hmm. thor for doctor strange in terms of overall powers um and they didn't did they list cap in that uh cap was Avengers? listed thor was not okay okay so you you maybe you swap out thor for doctor strange hulk versus you know black panther maybe for just sheer kind of muscle i guess because mm-hmm. black panther by virtue of the vibranium suit and the black Panther flower and all that, uh, you know, you're kind of losing that, but then you have these other folks that you don't know, but then you have Shang-Chi who's an, another excellent fighter. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's definitely interesting, especially if Shang-Chi has the 10 rings. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, I could see it working. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it mentions is, you know, Shang-Chi would, you know, bring the, the extremely skilled, you know, martial artist fighting skills along with the, ultra powered 10 rings uh black panther was kind of interesting because you know dr strange may not have fully fulfilled the tony stark role in terms of also you know tony was both that connective tissue but also through his company was always funding Mm. everything you know that the avengers were doing and and in this case it would be more of an aggregation of dr strange you know kind of being the central point but black panther maybe being the one who's financing all of the things that that the avengers are doing because of 
you know, the vast wealth, um, you know, that, that, that he comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you had, you know, again, more fighters in the vein of, you know, Captain America, um, cloak and dagger. It sounds like had some sort of abilities around teleportation and creation of constructs. Uh, mm-hmm. and then when you couple that with Dr. Strange, who can bend, fa- you know, the fair, very fabric of uh, time and space, you kind of have maybe a potent combination there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, the other thing the article brought up was, you know, with Ant-Man and the Pym particles and kind of seeing, you know, like from, from that, what if episode where, you know, uh, Hank basically, uh, or I, I guess we should call him mad Hank, um, basically wipes out the original adventures. Um, that's right. I completely forgot about Ant-Man. So yeah, that would, that makes even more sense. Cause yeah, you could yeah. Ant-Man becoming, you know, giant man, right. Or whatever, right. whatever they call him, uh, could totally, you know, replace Hulk in terms of, yeah. yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. No. So I think it would, I think it would have worked out. It would have been interesting, but of course the, the issue is that I'm making the assumption that they are going to execute these characters the same way that they did when you can't make that promise because of the, the traction that they got immediately by having Robert Downey Jr. Play mm-hmm. Iron Man. Right. So you don't, I mean, I don't know that you can necessarily say it all would have fallen in place and these characters would have been as good. I don't know. I mean, it's tough because that first movie really has to have an engaging main character. And mm-hmm. I mean, I love me some Dr. Strange. I love me some Stephen Strange. I think Benedict Cumberbatch did a, did a, a superb job of making that character who he is and being somewhat, you know, unlikable even after he became the hero. Like there is a little bit of, of Doctor Strange that you're still like, yeah. ah, you're just yeah. so still so smarmy. I still kind of want to smack you, yeah. you know, and, and it works, but it totally works. I don't know that you can have the first movie with a character like that yeah, and be that connective tissue. Now, I think part of the reason why you make Doctor Strange that way, not having read the Doctor Strange comic books extensively i don't know if that's the way the character really is throughout consistently throughout the books i think part of the reason you do that is to differentiate him from tony stark yeah and and to make him just that much different you know what i mean right uh i think it would have been interesting if if you say that favreau gets handed dr strange as your first movie and that robert downey jr is playing dr strange Mm -hmm. you know if you really want to then get into like the what if in terms of casting yeah yeah i don't know i mean it's it's a it there's an interesting play as well because i could see robert downey jr playing that role as well because again it's a very similar thing to what you know why he kind of was able to play tony stark so convincing is like dude i kind of live this i mean yeah right i my fall from grace and all that like i don't know it could kind of work but it's an interesting thing and i i think that they i think they would have fared uh fared pretty well against thanos yeah. And, and, you know, the, the article never really answers the question um, if, if this group could have beaten Thanos, because quite honestly, right. I mean, you know, part of the fabric of that story was really all of the, you know, stories that led up to that, that, you know, that showdown, the first showdown with him, then the snap and then mm-hmm. the second showdown. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, I, I, I don't know that the point of the whole thing was for the Avengers to really have you know, beaten him the very first time that they got to, you know, that they faced off against him. I think mm. one of the things that we, and we've talked about this in, in past episodes, one of the things that makes those two movies so strong and so good is they, you know, really since the, really since Empire Strike Back, 
I don't think I've, I've seen a movie that's done such a great job with, you know, having the good guys, you know, really get their, their butts handed to them, you know, and, mm. and, and do it mm-hmm. in convincing fashion with real, you know, consequences that came from it. Um, too often there's always some sort of little saving grace that happens, you know, or, or some smidgen of, of hope that, um, and, and, you know, there, there is hope at, at you know, kind of at, at the bridge point between the two movies, but that story overall was just that, you know, that that's what it needed to be. And, and, you know, we're already seeing with all the shows that have come out on Disney plus since then, um, you know, just, just the ramifications of all of that and how that is rippled through all of, you know, these other character stories. So, so I don't mm-hmm. know, I mean, from the lineup, if necessarily they would have beaten Thanos, I think you, you had a pretty good, you know, with, with the Avengers we had and that whole story about them being stronger, you know, working as a group together rather than all divided. Um, you know, I think it probably would have gone the same way, um, because that's, that's what this, you know, really what the story needed to be. Mm. At least and I would actually, no, I, and I agree with you, but I would actually go back and say that I believe that infinity war was actually, was actually more of a downer, more of a hopeless ending than you had with, uh, empire strikes back. Mm. At least Empire Strikes Back kind of gave you a little like a little swell of the music and you saw, you know, oh, well, we're going to go off or we're going to continue the fight and this and that. Infinity War just ends with such a like. And half of everyone's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And scene like what? Like they don't even give you like a little hopeful music. Like the music is very down. Like they they left you in a very low place at the end of that flick. Mm hmm. I just like pointing that out, you know, yeah. just to, cause I like, I, I don't know if anyone notices this, but I'm, I'm very into the misery sort of <laughs> angle. It's just my thing. <laughs> I don't know. Ability wise, uh, you know, like I said, I think I, you know, I think if, if you want to look at pure ability wise, you know, maybe they would have a chance to beat them. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I look at the characters that went up against him in infinity war and and you can make the argument that if if you didn't have gamora's death would star you know would star lord have flipped out and screwed up their whole plan to get the the gauntlet off of them you know mm-hmm. like they were that close to pulling it off and then he screwed it all up because he realized that she was dead and he just wanted to get vengeance on him you know so mm-hmm. i mean it it became less about ability and more about you know character interplay and and emotion you know and and I don't, you know, I mean, this is all speculative, you know, who, who knows what, what they would have written it out to be. But, but I, but I think because the story kind of, you know, wound the way it did, um, it probably would have landed, you know, kind of in this area anyways, given everyone who was involved. So, but mm-hmm. that's just me. Uh, anything else on this or shall I move on? I'm good, sir. I've said my piece. All right. Uh, and now going from one end of the movie universe to a completely different end. <laughs> far away. Uh, well, far well, away still from... Punching. There's still punching there's still going, punching on, so going on. It's tied together. Getting away from fantasy a little bit. But we do have some familiar faces. Uh, oh. Creed 3. Uh, and, and really, who's in and who's out? Uh, there was an article from MovieWeb.com this week. Uh, kind of going through the lineup of of uh, who will be involved in Creed three and who will not. Uh, right out of the gate, there will be no Sly Stallone. There will be no Rocky Balboa uh, in this next installment. Um, that that was kind of already 
known and kind of you know in some ways dealt with at the end of creed 2 with a with a very nice kind of swan song you know uh with with rocky balboa kind of telling him it's this is your time now and just kind of taking a seat next to the ring not being up on the ring with with adonis and and letting him kind of bask in in what was his you know kind of defining victory um Mm -hmm. so we will not have have rocky uh, but we will have Michael B. Jordan coming back as Adonis, which is uh, good because otherwise the movie's not going to really mean a whole lot without him. Um, but he will be directing. True. He will be directing as well. That's right. I forgot. I completely forgot about that. That'll be interesting. Yes. Uh, and then we have Marvel's Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, who plays mm-hmm. uh, his wife, Bianca. Mm-hmm. She will be returning uh, in, in her role. Uh, Felicia Rashad who, you know, I still look at as uh, Claire Huxtable, and if she gives you that stink eye, it just makes you stop and say, I'm sorry, ma'am. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know the look I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> so uh, she she comes back as Adonis' stepmother, and then, my friend, and then, my friend. Oh, okay, now what? Drop, drop the bomb on me. Uh, no name given as to who he will be, but he is right now known as a mysterious antagonist. Jonathan Majors will be in Creed 3. I got no idea who Jonathan Major is. He's Kang. Oh! The guy who that, plays Kang. That's right. I don't know why I can't keep that guy's, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm Folks, starting to understand. I know. This, I'm, I'm, this I'm, was supposed to be... I'm going to the home the, after this episode. This was supposed to be kind of a wow moment. And Uncle Todd just making a... <laughs> you know, what can I say? I try. I don't know. I'm starting to understand that in my... Like, there are people who have instant facial recognition. Like, they see if Like, I never forget a face. This and that. I'm starting to think that I have, like... Whatever disconnect there is, I have I have a harder time recognize recognizing faces. And for some reason, even though I thought he was delightful and well, as delightful as, you know, like Kang the Conqueror can be, but he was delightful in Loki. And I'm I'm looking forward to him in the in the MCU. But for whatever reason, I've just I've got this mental block about who about Jonathan Majors <laughs> and who he actually is. I don't know why. It's like I feel bad. Like I again, oh. like he doesn't care. Like he's like, whatever. This this, you know, nobody on a podcast doesn't know who I am. And but I I feel bad because like I enjoy his work. Yeah. But yet, uh, for whatever yeah. reason, I can't. It just won't stay in my head. Well, actually, so give me give me another chance at that. Give me another chance at that. Go ahead and uh, just pretend pretend that none of this just happened okay. and just reread it. All right. Oh, so, just, so just when, who else we got after after Michael B. Jordan's directing? So now what? So, what else? So, go so we on? have Tessa Thompson. Uh huh. Okay. Bianca. Right Hold on. on. Let, let me press the rewind button. All right. We have Tessa Thompson as Bianca. We have Felicia Rashad as Adonis's stepmother, who will give the mm-hmm. stink eye to someone who steps out of line. And you will say, mm. sorry, ma'am. Uh, and uh, and then the coup de grace we have as the mysterious antagonist. We do not have a name. We do not have plot details. But Jonathan Majors. Ooh. What? There it is. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Patrick. <laughs> Patrick. You know who's gonna be in Creed three? Creed, 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 Creed. Oh my gosh! Go back and find out about the pomade. All right, that's awesome. That is awesome. Go back that's and awesome find news. Out about the pomade. Jeez. 
Oh, that is great me. news. You kill me. Love his work. Love his work. He's a fantastic actor. I hear he's oh. a wonderful human being. Uh, if if he's not, please don't tell me. All right. And 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 that is essentially the uh, the meat of the article was kind of a rundown of who will be involved. I I was really excited to read about Jonathan Majors uh, just because he he's just been so good in in you know a number of different things. You know we have Loki. I uh, saw Saturday Night Live. He was on. He was phenomenal. Uh, he was on another show I'm blanking out on right now that was that was really good. So it's I think it just bodes well that it seems like it it has a strong cast. I'm hoping. Um, you know, there were some some articles uh, about six, eight months ago that were kind of alluding to or joking about it being like, you know, the son of Clubber Lang, which I'm like, let's not do Let, like let's let's yeah. break away from the Balboa universe. Let's kind of create now his reality, his title reign, his struggles and, and, and let's get away from 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 all of Rocky's baggage. Um, mm. So hopefully uh, what we end up with is is a bit of an original and and kind of different story uh just about adonis's journey that that is definitely a bit you know separate and and away from from the balboa universe if you will yeah and apparently uh my question after this i was going to ask but you were so uh, greatly describing your feelings on this which is i totally agree with my next question was going to be well who's writing the thing we know who's going to direct it we know that uh, sly stone uh, sly stallone isn't anywhere near this thing so Who's writing it? Uh, apparently, uh, Zach Balin, mm -hmm. who wrote uh, most recently King Richard, Will mm -hmm. Smith's uh, you know, uh, tennis movie. There, uh, apparently, he's the he's the head writer on this thing. So, it, I I have not seen King Richard. Uh, it is on my list of stuff I want to see because it looks good. But I so I'm not familiar with his work. But I mean, it's it's good that we're getting away. I agree, getting away from Rocky. Yeah, and that Creed is kind of separating himself out a little bit. I'm I'm wondering how the whole thing with Michael B. Jordan directing is going to work. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's certainly examples of actors who who are able to direct uh, in movies that they're in. I I don't know how it how that whole thing works as being the star of the movie, plus also having all the physical uh, physical condition uh, physical conditioning issues that you're going to have in a movie like this. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that how all that's going to work out, but man. I've been a big fan of uh, Mr. Jordan so far, so oh, yeah. why not? Hey, go for it, man! I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that because my biggest fear was that he's also writing, and I'm like that might be just a bit too much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that he's directed anything before this because I'm I've just not looked it up. Now, but man, writing, directing, and starring in this such a physical movie would be a whole lot to do. Yeah, that'd be a whole lot to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Stallone's done it, but he also did it like after he'd been in a few of these. So, yeah. And, you know, steroids. So I don't think that's as much of a thing. Now. And, you know, without knowing who he's going to play, I mean, you know, I, I think it only appropriate, whatever his character is, that when Jonathan Majors makes his first, you know, it makes that, when he walks that aisle, as, as Ric Flair would say, mm -hmm. it, it, it is only apropos that maybe he have the entrance theme music of, of Kane, because, you know, it'd be great to have, you know, it's gotta be Kane it ain't gonna happen dude we're not gonna see a marvel crossover it's not gonna happen well not gonna happen it should all right and uh <laughs> lastly uh since we have moved away from the realm of fantasy football uh the man they call tim had to find something else to force uncle todd into uh some some measure of competition that 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 grates at his very soul 
Uh, and so it is uh, time, ladies and gentlemen, for the Week in Geek sub-segment we like to call the Star Wars Trivia Red 5. Oh, God. This again. Are you ready, sir? Yeah, why not? Let's so after round one last week, we are sitting at uh, the man they call Tim, three correct, Uncle Todd, two correct. Can uh, we just get on with this, I'm just, please? I'm just... <laughs> Question number. You've got the answers there in the book that you're reading I from. I do not look at the answers. This it. is on the up and up. All right. Come on now. Whatever. All right. Whatever. Here's our first question of round two. What uh-huh. did Darth Vader tell Luke Skywalker about the name Anakin Skywalker? What did Darth Vader tell Luke Skywalker about the name Anakin Skywalker? A. It no longer had any meaning for him. B, he hadn't used it for a long time. C, he had never liked that name. Or D, he didn't know who his father was. Um, read the first couple again. Sure. A, it no longer had any meaning for him. B, he hadn't used it for a long time. C, he had never liked that name. Or D, he didn't know who his father was. It's going to be A, I believe. All right, so Uncle Todd says A. Let me consult... And what are you saying? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. See, well, I'm looking at See, the here's notes. Here's the thing. You're not, you're not saying it, and then you're going back and like, what's the answer? Oh, okay. you know what? I think it's C. I think it's C. Okay. Oh, look at that. It is C. Okay. I'm looking at the notes. I also said A as well. Okay. Now I'm looking it up. These notes, as I use my air quotes for those who, you know, want to know exactly what's going on here in the physical realm. All right. The answer is A. It no longer had any meaning for him, meaning you and I both got it correct. Well done, sir. Shocking that you would get that one. Correct. Oh, will you okay. stop? What do we got? <laughs> Good. This whole thing is rigged. It's rigged. It's not rigged. All right. Uh-huh. Second question number two. What species possesses long, thin fingers with suction cups at the tips? A. Rhodians. B. Duros. C, Abyssians, or D, Jawas? I want to punch you right in the face right now. <laughs> Wait, I, I mean, come on. You I know pull... one out of four of those. I, like, I know it's not Jawas, so All right, B. good man. So Go with B. You're going to go with B, Duros? You're, you're acting like that's, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. No, 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 I'm no, just, I'm confirming. How the hell do I know? I don't even know what a Duros is. I'm it might be a new car coming out from Mazda this year, I'm for all I know. I'm trying to confirm with you, sir. The 2022 Mazda Duros with a roomier back seat for your space laser. All right, so B is your selection, yes? Yeah, what do you what do you take? I am taking a Rodians. Okay. Okay. The answer mm-hmm. is A, Rodians. Uh, oh, a Rodians. Wow, amazing! Do you know what a Rodian is? No, and I—it's a guy that got the suction cups on its fingers. It's. Do uh, you remember the character Greedo? So it's one of those. Yes. Or most recently, the prisoner who was with Boba Fett when he was with the uh, Tuscans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Rodian. Okay. Well, so you learned something. Question number three: What tragic uh-huh. event happened when Anakin was seven? A, he was separated from Shmi for a period of time. B, Watto nearly sold him to Jabba the Hutt. C, he crashed his first pod racer, barely escaping. Or D, slave traders took his friend Ami's mother. Um, C. So you're going to say C. All right. 
So I'm just trying to mark this down. I also said C. Okay. All right. So All the right. answer is going to be C because that's what you guessed. So at least I get two of these. Uh, I don't think so. Let's see. Uh, question 40 is... Ah, oh, it's letter D. The... Slave traders took his friend Ami's mother. That's the one, that one you decide to throw this week. I managed oh. to line up that. Okay. All right. Next. Uh, question four. Whose transmission to Queen Amidala was interrupted when the Trade Federation blocked all communications to Naboo? Now, this is the film we went to see at midnight. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say part of the reason I don't remember anything about the young Anakin st stuff is because I still just I try to block this movie from my memory. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, so whose transmission to Queen Amidala was interrupted when the Trade Federation blocked all communications to Naboo? A. Chancellor Valorum. B. Senator Antilles. C. Senator Palpatine. Or D. Mas Ameda. Mas Ameda again. Wasn't he in the wasn't he in the questions last week too? He was. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with B. So you're gonna say B, Senator Antilles? Wait a minute. No, no, no. Because it was Captain Antilles. Right. All right. No, 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 no. So nah, it's A, nah. Chancellor Valorum, B, Senator Antilles, C, Senator Palpatine, or D, Mas Ameda. I'm gonna go with Mas Ameda. Which was uh, the I believe a correct answer last week, right? I Maybe. All right, I, let's see. I, I, 346. I guess I don't think it was the right one. Uh, let me make sure I get my... Which one are you picking? Uh, I, oh, I didn't say yet. Um, Senator Palpatine, C. <laughs> Again, you... you didn't. So what are you picking? Whatever the right answer is. Oh, uh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to torture me. I'm torturing you right back. So uh, what is it? It is C, Must Senator Palpatine. Palpatine. Of I, course it is. I got oh, it correct. Of course it is. And oh, Uncle Todd did not. Look at that. Look at that. I got another one right. Oh, the guy with the answers in the book got it right. Oh, oh my gosh. Shocking, I tell you. Oh Shocking. What's the last one so we can get the hell out of this section and get on to something All new? right. Final question. How was the probe droid destroyed on Hoth? A, a Wampa attacked it. B, it self-destructed. C, Chewbacca fired on it. Or D, Han Solo fired on it self-destructed i also said that and the correct answer is b it's self-destructed you are correct sir well done thank you you're still you, what you got you're like four and one i was three and two on that right so let me uh just tabulate very quickly here uh, let's see uh so i got one two three four so i got four this round mm -hmm. you got one Two. I only got two. You only got two, my friend. I'm sorry. God, so, I'm you, grand this total is, score is, right now is uh, uh, is seven four. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. You there? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Patrick. Do me a favor. When you're walking home tonight, make sure you pick up all the frozen dog crap you can. <laughs> I, well, I've got a re I've, I've got a reason why. Thanks. All right. Anywho, seven four, my friend. That's where we're at. All right. Well, once again, thank you for this lovely 
segment called The Week in Geek. And once again, remember, when you don't want to have any joy in your life, gluten-free bagels. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsor. And uh, now I think we ought to actually get on to – now that we're into hour three yes. of the show, we should yes. probably get into the main topic of the show, which of course is the book of Boba Fett, the first three episodes, and also some of the feedback that's coming. Because I don't know if many of you might not know this, but some of it's negative. <gasps> really? I know. Really? Star Wars fans be angry. I can't believe it. I know. It's it's shocking. Crazy. I, it, Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my Breaking God. news. Oh, Anywho, yes. actually, you know what? On that note, ah, there we go. go for another, trying to pop open another seltzer. Pop a seltzer. Hopefully, it actually has some seltzer inside of it. I've had two cans today with nothing. Apparently, they Good. burst or something like that. Good. Good. After all of your cheating ways for all that Star Wars trivia, you deserve it. Oh, come so on. So, anyways. So we've got we got a few things here to talk about, but you know why don't you uh, why don't you lead us through this? Because we've got we're going to kind of go a little good, bad, and ugly on this, but also just uh, our thoughts. But then the thoughts of the the world and the critics, yes, at large, yes. So so what do you what are you enjoying about the book of Boba Fett? What do you, what would you say is the good? Uh, for me, what I'm enjoying, uh, I really have enjoyed the storytelling, um, the the flow of the stories uh, that have happened these three episodes. Um, I know that is some of where the angst I think is coming from, but, um, but I like the fact in the first episode, it was very flashback heavy. I mean, honestly, I think that's what a lot of, you know, whether they understand it or not, I think that's what a lot of fans were asking for. Right. I mean, we, we wanted to see what, you know, how is this guy still alive when the last time we saw him, he was getting, you know, basically jobbed out to the Sarlacc. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, seeing, you know, seeing him inside the, the way he kind of took the, the oxygen from the, uh, from the stormtrooper before he, mm. he made his, his, uh, his big plunge, uh, out of there. Um, and then basically, you know, torched the inside of the, uh, the Sarlacc. Um, and, and really what I've been enjoying is, is the whole story of, of his interplay with the, with the Tusken Raiders, uh, has been, has been really, really cool. And, and is something I was, I was hoping they were going to delve into, um, mm. you know, uh, we had talked a little bit in our real and jabroni about whether, uh, the, you know, they would be responsible for saving him. They, you know, he saved himself, but, but they, in a lot of ways, uh, when they took him prisoner and then slowly, you know, saw the kind of warrior that he was and, and kind of bringing him into the fold and, and the way their relationship grew, uh, was, was really, really, uh, enjoyable and entertaining to, to see play out, um, I'm I'm enjoying seeing uh, the basically seeing like Filoni and Favreau, um, you know, kind of explore these lesser known characters and and really kind of fill them out through the storytelling of these shows. Um, I feel like with episode three, we're going to get uh, some of that later on with the Rancor. You know, we're starting to understand now the Rancors aren't Mm. Uh, you know, exactly what we thought them to be given the one time we saw them in return of the Jedi. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so I thought that was a really, uh, nice detail that, you know, we're starting to get some background on these, on some of these creatures and characters that we've only seen in certain settings and therefore have these preconceptions about them. And now we're starting to learn a completely different, you know, side to them. So, so that, that that's been really enjoyable to me. Um, 
so that's the good. How, how about you, sir? I'll, I'll pause on going in any further. Um, I agree on your points. I, I do appreciate the fact that it is a different show than the Mandalorian. And I think the problem is I've seen, I've seen the book of Boba Fett described as a, as a space Western, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with. And actually it's right there in its Wikipedia entry. It's a, as an American space Western. I don't think it's a space Western. It is leaning more into the, the stylings and kind of leaning into that, uh, that early samurai, uh, samurai film influence that George Lucas had, where you get some of the, you know, the look of Darth Vader specifically, but also, you know, kind of the sword fighting, things like that. I, it, to me, this is much more of a samurai influenced movie. And that goes into the whole deal with, you know, the, the Daimo, um, and also, um, just the, the idea of, you know, ruling with respect instead yeah. of fear. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's also the pacing because a lot of those samurai movies, especially when you get into like, you know, Kurosawa and the, you know, seven samurai, stuff like that, they're not fast paced necessarily. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's more of a deliberate pace and there is, a, there is flashbacks and I I'm, I'm enjoying that because I do feel it's different than the Mandalorian. Um, well, and, and- I am enjoying yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and, and and that's I think what you want. I I think, you know, I think mm-hmm. if if you if you play it too close to what the Mandalorian is, then you get those complaints, right? Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, sorry, you were saying. And I I'm enjoying the fact that they're kind of leaning into, and this has been one of the criticisms is that they're leaning into the fact that Boba Fett is he's an older dude, like he mm-hmm. is not a, a this young guy who's out there just running around all that. He is an old, not old, old man, but he is not, he's past his prime really. Yeah. If you, if you think about it, like he's past his prime and I like the fact that they're kind of leaning into that and it's not just the, it's more of the, um, it's not, not the gunslinger that they modeled Mando on. Like they were very much going with, you know, for the Clint Eastwood man with no name sort of gunslinger for, um, for Mando. Yeah. I like how they're, they're kind of leaning into like Clint Eastwood in unforgiven for book of Boba Fett. If you're going to draw a comparison with gunslingers, like he is the aging gunslinger. He is the guy who's past his prime, but he's still deadly. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not going to be doing a lot of the stuff that you would expect a young man to be running around and doing. Right. You know, and there, and there is a cost to it. Like you, he is in the back of the tank because he has to recover. You know, whether it's from these injuries in the Sarlacc or, or just just the fact that, dude, he old, he yeah. old that. And, and maybe maybe I identify with that a little bit more because I'm starting I'm screaming. up <laughs> like, man, I I hope in the next 15 years they come up with them back to tanks because I would love to have one of those installed in my house. Mm-hmm. That'd be, that mm-hmm. would be nice. Be like, you know what? I got to go soak for about an hour and I'll be I'll be able to get this crick out on my back. Mm-hmm. My leg will feel better. That would be awesome. That's that's the one thing I'm really don't I don't need a laser sword. I want me a back to tank. Like that's that is how my life has changed. When I was like 12, I wanted a lightsaber and a blaster more than anything. And now I'm like, ooh, that back to tank looks real good. <laughs> oh, good for what ails somebody that'd be good for so many. Give me a spotchka and, and a back to tank, and I'm I'm there a happy go. man. There we I'm go. a happy man. Nice. Um but yeah, I'm enjoying the the the, the pacing and the, and those influences. Um, I'm enjoying 
enjoying the fact that we got Danny Trejo. Aha, and, yes. Oh, Machete. You, it's so good to see you in the Star Wars universe. And yes. of course, he's the Rancor Wrangler. Like, awesome. I love that. And I love the fact that he probably has more lines in this than he did in his first Robert Rodriguez movie. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing he probably definitely does, because I don't even remember if he had any lines in that first in a, in Desperado or not. Yeah. But it, just great great like character great face and just one of those guys that you see and you're like ah now i know that i'm in the robert rodriguez world and it's so good to see him in the star wars universe um i don't know i'm i'm just overall enjoying the show i'm enjoying Mm -hmm. the i'm enjoying that it's different i'm enjoying that and i think that's all that's all good and and the fact that like you said i i enjoy the entire thing with the tuscan raiders the sand people another character that we really didn't know that much about another people in this universe that now we're finding more about. And, and yeah, there's some people who are like, no, it's too much. Like, okay, just whatever. Some people are like, yeah, like it just, again, there's no pleasing, but we're going to save all that for later. Um, but yeah, no, I'm enjoying all that. I, I, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. One other thing I'll throw in that, that I've, I've liked as well is I, I like how they're slow burning, you know, kind of our view into the underworld, how we're starting to get, you know, little glimpses into, you know, there, there's the twin huts that show up. Mm. There's, uh, Mm -hmm. the Pike syndicate, um, which I think was also what they were dealing with when they did the train takedown, um, in episode two. Um, so we're starting to get kind of, you know, a, a, a bit of a lay of the land episode three. I, I really liked how, you know, his, his kind of, uh, I don't know what to call him. His Butler droid there is kind of giving him like the, the overview of, you know, here's yeah. how Bib Fortuna was kind of maintaining, you know, like order and that sort of thing through all these weak alliances with these families and the, you know, and, and, and this sort of thing. And so we we're starting to get, you know, kind of a full picture of, at least, you know, with Moss Espa and Tatooine, like, you know, how, how is, you know, how is power wielded and, uh, and, and, and who, who are some of the players, um, mm. uh, in our show notes here, I, I included a link, uh, cause I, I wasn't entirely sure on what a Dymo was. I, I hear, you know, yeah, I, I hear the neither. term being thrown around, but the most interesting part about the definition is the fact that a Dymo serves, uh, it, it is from, you know, samurai, um, you know, writings and culture and that sort of thing. And, and the, the Daimo serves the Shogun. So one of the questions mm. was, well, if the, if he's a Daimo, then who's the Shogun that he's serving? Is it the mayor or yep. is it someone else? So, well, it's not the mayor because if, and that was the thing that I saw mentioned there too. And I, I shook my head. I'm like, someone who wrote this article wasn't paying attention uh-huh. or either that, or maybe that, maybe the line was in episode two, but Boba specifically says the mayor only serves as long as it's as it serves the purposes of the Daimo. Mm. So even though the mayor kind of has his his area of authority, ultimately the Daimo, if if the Daimo is fully vested, shall we say, yeah. is has the full support, I'm gonna guess, of the shogun or and and has complete control then the mayor is only there as long as the Dymo wants you there. And after that, you're going to be a grease stain somewhere. (laughs) So you, it it kind of shows that, that Boba is not firmly entrenched in his position. He has not, he has not quite consolidated or demonstrated his power yet. Mm -hmm. We have not had that, you know, we have not had that moment like from kill bill where, um, Oh shoot. I can't remember what her name is. She was in, 
this is a oh totally um, oh, Ali oh, McBeal. Oh, Yes, Oshi Ren. Yep. Um, I can't remember what the actress is. Uh, Lucy Liu. Yeah. Yep. Uh, has not had that meeting where she where she runs and like takes the dude's head off and firmly cements herself as the head of the syndicate. Like, yeah. Don't screw with me, sort of thing. Like that has not happened for Bobus yet. So the mayor is feeling like he has a little bit of play here, but ultimately would not be doing that if if it was Jabba. Yeah. You know, if it, if it was a hut or if it was someone who's firmly entrenched in that position. So I think that's interesting, too, because, again, it it lends that whole instability, instability thing that you've talked about. And it's good. Like the, the fact that people might, oh, it's, it's slow paced. Well, it needs to be slow paced. You're going to get all this crap thrown at you in like one episode. Right. No, because then you'd be like, oh, well, there's all these characters that throw it. like there's always going to be a complaint. You know, that's just kind of what I've come down to with Star Wars anyways. And even though I acknowledge it, it still kind of pisses me off when I'm dealing with it head on. Yeah. But you kind of need to do this. Like, take your time and start understanding what this aspect is of the universe because we haven't seen it before. Right. Like, we've right. kind of gotten a little taste of the gritty underworld through Mando of the bounty hunting world. This is a whole other thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. the the bounty hunters interact with this area, but... You don't know what the lay of the land is. Yeah. And you need to start figuring out what that is. Like, oh, okay. So a criminal family is, you know, an enterprise is going to be kind of set up sort of like what we think, but you're still having to learn where everyone, you know, where all the chess pieces are. Right. So yeah, I, I agree. Right. Uh, for, for things that could be better. Um, and, and I hesitate to call them bad because I, I don't really feel like these are bad things. I just think these are things that just kind of feel maybe a little uneven um, is, is really pertaining to some of, you know, what they're trying to tell in the present day with him kind of establishing himself. I, I feel like mm. that has been, you know, that, that has felt a little oddly paced. Um, you know, episode one was, you know, just him going to this, uh, you know, this, this club, so to speak, getting a helmet full of money, dealing with all of these, uh, you know, assassins, and then kind of going back in the back to tank. Um, where, where a majority of, of that first episode was really his, his flashback. So, mm. so, you know, from, from a, from the perspective of trying to like, as a fan, wrap my head around, like what, what is his position? What is he really trying to go after? What is he trying to accomplish? You know, is, is, is difficult, uh, at times to kind of grasp because there, there seems to be a dynamic in play that, that just hasn't fully been explained or, or is, is not as clear. Um, yeah. you know, as, as other, you know, facets of, of the star Wars universe has been, um, yeah. you know, one thing, I mean, switching back to the good, one thing I do like that he's kind of establishing himself as is, you know, rather than being heavy handed, um, and, you know, playing to that line about ruling with respect, you know, when, when he goes and confronts those, uh, those kids who, are, uh, you know, wronging this, the shop clerk or whatever with the water and that sort of thing, you know, they're, they're, comp you know, they're standing there like, you know, we, we have no work, we have no way of earning money. And, mm. and he's like, all right, well, come work for me <laughs> sort of yeah. thing. You know, it's like, like rather than going in there and just shooting them all up and ending, ending the situation in a violent way, he's like, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I, I feel like he's thinking and acting the way like Don Corleone would, right. Which is, you know, come join mm -hmm. my family sort of thing. a little bit. Yeah. Because he's, he's looking at it, you know, looking at it as like, okay, well what's fair. Right. 
Right. There is a, there is a little bit of that. And I think that one of the things that I would, uh, and I'm going to add this to the bad because I feel like this could be improved on, or I would, I would have liked to have seen this a little bit, a little bit more clearly that Boba Fett has always been a mysterious character, mostly because we only saw him for so long and then you got his backstory, but you never really, the backstory was mostly about Jango Fett. You didn't really get a whole lot about Boba Fett in that. So right. you're still, even though you've kind of seen where he comes from, there was still a sizable mystery about him. Um, and so I like the fact that you don't get a ton of insight. He, he isn't just yammering away all the time about his plans. I just wish there was a little bit more that would, I wish that, and I, I don't know, I don't even know how you would do this. I wish that they were able to keep that mysterious edge a little bit more in the forefront. Mm. So you would always remember like, ah, he's not going to tell anybody what's going on. Right. You know, he's going to, he's going to always play it close to the vest, but he's, I think the problem is that he's a little bit too personable. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't have to be, you know, the guy who Vader's like no incinerations or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to be the person who you have to specifically tell like, Hey, by the way, don't turn somebody into a pile of ash. <laughs> like I'm looking at you. I see you. <laughs> don't You're burn killing me smalls. <laughs> you know, like you don't, you don't have to be that guy, but I, I would like to have a little bit more of that mysterious edge that in rather than him being quite as personable as he is, although I can kind of see some of that as well. Like, you know, maybe he's getting more of a feel for the politics of it. And you've already kind of set him up even in, in the, in Mando, in the times that you did see him, he is a different character. Like you get to, you hear him talk a lot more and, you know, so the, you're you're trying to reconcile those as well. I wish there was a little bit more of that mysterious edge because I think it would help from a story perspective, and I think it would also help to inform the character. Um, and when he did do things like, you know, uh, hiring the street kids rather than going in and just gunning them all down, right, right, it kind of it it, it means a little bit more. Like I still think it works. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think that was a total great move. And a great way to to add more depth to the character. Mm -hmm. I think it could have been done a little bit better. I mean, not saying I know exactly how, but I think it could have been done a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that could be improved on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think also that it, it, the, um, I mean, where where do I start with this? Because I I'm debating on whether or not to put this in in the ugly or not. Because I feel like I got to have something and. Uh, I guess I would like to see – no, I'm going to save that for the ugly. That's going to be my one thing. I would have liked to have seen the way that they they treat Boba as a little bit more mysterious and keep that a little more consistent. I'm going yeah. to save the next thing for the ugly. That's really my one thing though. I don't, I don't have a – I don't have a ton that I dislike about this. I'll let the cat out of the bag there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean the, you know, Fennec Shan's been great. You know, her, her character has, you know, she, she hasn't, you know, there, there hasn't been that major like action sequence or, I mean, there, there's been like some small ones, but, but she's, she's there kind of in that advisory capacity, you know, like as, mm. as his sounding board, which has been, you know, kind of fun to see their interaction. Um, and, and, and that's been great. And yeah, I mean, there, there's, in my mind, there's very little to complain about. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting a deeper view into this universe and specifically on Tatooine and, you know, areas and, and characters that we've seen before and, and, you know, getting deeper when, with, with them. Um, 
Oh, I wanted to bring up uh, real quick too. I, I really enjoyed, and, and, you know, this is where my, my knowledge kind of hits its limits a little bit with, with star Wars, but um, I love the, uh, the Wookiee bounty hunter. Oh yeah. Uh, Kurt, oh my Kurt gosh. Santin is is his name. And uh Oh man, that was badass. Oh my gosh. Badass. In, in episode 2, the like just the glare. Um and then yeah. in episode 3, the literal, you know, butt whooping that he put on was just incredible. Oh my gosh. That cuz I mean, again, and that's another one of those things of adding depth to the universe. Mm-hmm. Like we all think of Wookiees as like, you know, Oh, they're all like chewy, or they like the, from the Star Wars, you know, holiday special. That's oh, it's Life Day, and everyone's happy. Like, oh no, there's Wookies out there from you know that that gone bad. There's some Wookies that you know they they were smoking cigarettes in the in the bathroom in in Wookie High School, and you know they took a bad turn and hung out with the wrong folks, mm-hmm. and now well, they go around and they they rip people out of back the tanks and try and kill them. You know, it's it's a living, it's but a you business. know, <laughs> you know. But oh yeah, and and like legit, like scary. Oh yeah. Oh man, yeah, it was great. I forgot to mention that. Good call. Good oh, call. And, and and even with the twins in in episode two, when they when they turn around and and are kind of exiting, like like the look that the uh, the the mm. female twin gives Fat. I mean, I, I I said that to to my to my uh, family. I'm like, man, is she giving him the stink eye or what? <laughs> oh like, yeah, <laughs> she was not happy. Oh yeah, she was hoping to. She was hoping to have like the next episode would be a total Clemenza. Like, oh Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. we won't see him no more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Didn't quite work out that way though. The 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 one thing that I would put in, in into the ugly and and I hate to do this, but but I I, I will say this. I I really was uh, surprised by um, the 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 look and just the overall flow of that chase scene in episode three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, those, those those younger characters are fine, but what kept screaming into my head as I'm watching them ride these shiny, polished bikes through the dusty, sand, you know, riddled streets of, of Mos Espa is is Back to the Future too. You know, like yes. like when he goes yep. into the future and you see like future Biff and his son and total hoverboard territory. Oh my yes. gosh! Like like every time I see them, I think about that gang. You know, like it just, it looked uh, like it was literally transplanted out of that movie and dropped into Tatooine and it just feels so out of place. It, it was very strange, but, but just the speed of it was just like, like my younger son was just like, I, I think I could run faster than the car was going. <laughs> it was so yeah. funny because there's something seemed like off about like the way they kind of timed out you know, the, the velocity of those vehicles and, and moving and everything. And, you know, I, I know it's all special effects and there's only so much you can do with some of this stuff, but, but for some reason it just, it didn't play very well. So, so that, that's the one thing I think you can ding them for is just that sequence could have been done better. Um, you know, just, it, it didn't look visually right and, and there was something off with it. So, so that, that's the one thing, but I mean, we're, we're talking about a very, very specific thing that happened in, in, you know, one part of an episode. So. Yeah. And that's, I'm not going to mention that. I will mention that specifically. I'll agree with you on that. I, my, the ugly is I feel like, I feel like we're not getting Robert Rodriguez full bore, Mm. you know? And part of that is I, not that I doubt the man's talent or that he, he should have this job or that, he can do the job or any of that. I wonder if there's a slight miscasting 
in in putting Robert Rodriguez into something so corporate mm-hmm. as a Star Wars Disney Plus show. Yeah. You know, not that he can't do corporate, not that he can't do kid friendly, not any of that. I just mean that he has been so used to having an, an, a huge amount of control on everything that he does. Like you look at how, uh, the bulk of his movies, he writes them, he directs them, he produces, he, and in some, and in almost every case, he's the primary camera operator Yeah, for a ton of his movies. And he has also, you know, scored his own movies. So, I mean, he has done everything. And I think what is where, where this might miss out is, is, is in him. Not that I don't think he can, not that I don't think he can't direct successfully without doing all those things, but it takes away some of the flavor and what I'm expecting. So in a scene like that, I'm used to him making things go fast and making things, you know, just be look better than what you would think he could do with the budget that he has or the the tools that he has. And, and, you know, uh, even going back to the episode of the Mandalorian that he directed from season two, like we both said, like, oh my gosh, that it seemed like it was just over in a heartbeat. It yeah. moved so damn quick. And that's, the, that's the reputation that he has is just keep things going, keep things going. Mm-hmm. And like he even says in the commentary track from, uh, from his first movie, uh, El Mariachi, where he he says, "Yeah, there's a whole bunch of inconsistency inconsistencies here, and I'm I'm doing this, I'm doing that." And he says, "But I figure if you see that, I've already lost you. Like I need to make the movie move so quick that you're not going to notice the inconsistencies. You're going to be yeah. waiting. You're going to be seeing the next thing already." Yeah. Now, in you also have to compare this to the speeder train thing that we saw, which was bloody awesome oh that, that I, I was gonna jump back to the good on that that was incredible that was such and, a great sequence and so what i'm looking at this is not like oh my gosh this is horrible and wretched it's like eh, it just didn't go as well as they thought it was gonna yeah. and it, it you in trying to like say well gee can we we just had the speeder train in in episode two how do we make this different all right well we're gonna make it a little bit more you know add a little comedy into it and we'll make it more of the you know, like the 1970s, like, you know, car chase within the city where they're running over, you know, they're going down the alleyway that has all the boxes staged mm-hmm. just, just so that they're going over the car and, oh, and now he's going to hit the, 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 you know, the, the car, the, the, the pickup truck that has like all of the chicken cages in it and all that. I mean, all the, all the old hits, I get it, yeah. but it, I don't know, maybe it's, it's having those two sit together, like side by side in in terms of episodes that hurt it. Uh, maybe it's just the fact that I, I was expecting more, you know, I was expecting more Robert Rodriguez and, you know, we're probably not going to get it in, in that, in those terms. But I look at it as more of like, eh, yeah, they all can't be hits. Right. They all you can't know? be winners. So it's, no. And, and so far from being like, Oh my gosh, this turns me off from the show. I'm never going to watch it ever again. It's right. like, meh, it wasn't as good as I would have liked it, but you know, what is, Go back and look at some of the stuff from from the original Star Wars trilogy, and by standards of today, you're like, kind of moves a little slow. Yeah, that's not all that great, you know, all that sort of stuff. Anyways, that's my that's my one nit to pick. One one last, I think this will be the last good thing I jump back to. Um, love the uh, lessons that he gave the Tusken Raiders in how to ride a speeder bike. 
Yes. Those, that was great. That, that, that whole montage of them learning how to, how to operate those things was absolutely hysterical. Mm-hmm. And then like, but it was, but what made it great was you had that juxtaposed with him getting his tail kicked by the, by the Tuscan Raiders. It's that give and take. Yes. Like it wasn't just, it was comedy. There was a lot of funny parts to it, yeah. but you also knew that, well, yeah, the Tus- it's not that the Tuscan Raiders are completely incompetent. This is just something that they've never done before. Yeah, right. Just like Boba Fett was totally incompetent fighting with one of those, what is it, Bantha stick or, yeah. you know. Gaffy stick. Gaffy stick. Gaffy stick. Like he was getting his tail kicked in. That's supposed to be like a badass bounty hunter. Yep. And, and it, But you, you saw both sides of those things reflected there, and that's what made it meaningful and makes it work where you don't lose any respect for the Tuscan Raiders as characters. Right. You can have a you can have a chuckle without going, oh my gosh, they suck. No, it's just new. The best so, part yeah, and oh sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say having both of those take place in the episode and 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 follow through and all that was great. Oh yeah. Yeah. The best part of course was was when as they were practicing trying to jump from one bike to another and actually having the sequence where he jumps, makes it, starts to do the the uh, 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 and then bounces off the off the bike. Like I, yes. I loved how they included like like that little bit in there where it's like, okay, you're just about there. <laughs> you're not a hundred percent, just about. <laughs> Almost. You were so close. So close. But 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 it just it just humanized them. You know what I mean? And and it just it changed them yeah. from being these these savages. Um and you know, Mandalorian kind of prime the pump for this a little bit with with mm-hmm. uh, i forget the exact episode from season two but when when he you know when he's traveling across and he's he's reasoning with them and, and getting you know their help and then using um you know the goodwill he's built with them to kind of bring them together with that village to you know go out with Cobb vance to go after the the crate dragon um mm-hmm. you know just showed that there was a a way to relate and to reason with them you just had to understand them you know, and, yeah, and, and that, that is a far, far journey from where we started with them, where they were just the crazies who were, you know, hauling the, uh, goffy stick over their head, looking down at Luke Skywalker and bashing him over the head with it, you know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I just thought they did a great job kind of humanizing them that way, especially in that sequence where it was, it was definitely meant to be a little comic relief, you know, before the big, uh, train, you know, train hijacking that they pulled off. So very cool. Stuff. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, we've the, the, of course, reactions, of course, on this kind of go through the spectrum and and we've had some, some good reviews. Uh, We've had some kind of down the middle. And of course, because it's Star Wars, we've had the negative reviews, the bad reviews, the the ones who not only want to pick at nits, they want to like, they want to just take a nuclear bomb and drop it on the nit just to be sure. Let the hate flow through you. Yes. Do it. So uh, I think these are personally my favorite because I, I think these people are just showing showing their ass to the world. Uh-huh. And, you know, at least it's not me. So I guess I'm happy about it. Like, is this um, is this Bobby Heenan getting kicked off of Raw because his contract was up sort of like showing, you know, <laughs> maybe Um I, you know, the first one, I, and I thought you did a great job of gathering a few of these together. The first one that I want to point out uh, is a is an article from uh, sfgate.com. <laughs> and uh, this is great. The title is The Book of Boba Fett Premiere is an abysmal failure on every level. 
You're wrong. The sub the subtitle is SF Gate columnist Drew McGarry on why the Book of Boba Fett was worse than polio. Now, oh, good lord. Roger Ebert made a made a living out of you know a, a handy little cottage industry out of writing great reviews of bad movies. However, you have to have the bad movie in order to have the 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 review of it be vicious and and to come off right. And after one episode to say it's worse than polio, like, come on. I mean, I my first impression here is I don't even think Drew McGarry is an actual human being. Okay. <laughs> I'm convinced he's an early generation AI that's created by some Google knockoff startup. Oh boy. And the the only way they could program him, program it is by forcing it to read like the entirety of the YouTube comment section. Mm-hmm. And it wound up producing this putrid troll of a slipshod wannabe writer program and that it just goes through all these greatest hits you know because he he just kind of rails on this thing just rails and rails and rails and rails and and to me it's like all the complaints are like so explainable by the fact that it's the first episode you tool bag like just all of it's like, oh, it's horrible and this and that and the other. And I can't watch another minute of it and blah, 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 blah. It's like, why are you even write about this crap then? Go, go garden or something like do something else with your life. You know, he's like he's he's like the edgy writer at the paper who's eventually going to cross to the dark side and viciously hate what he does for a living. And by association, he's also going to hate himself for doing it yeah. and just then c- continue to inflict more bile on the world in this like never ending like circle of just hate and bile. And people are just gonna be like, wow, you're awfully fun to be around. Mm-hmm. Can we get the hell out of here? He's just so horrible. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was ridiculous. But it's like it's so stupid some of the stuff that he's like pointing out, like and just going so over the top with it, which is to me it it's the same as like when Star Wars fans do that whole like I, I've said it many times and I'll say it again. Like as soon as episode seven came out, then everyone's like, Oh, I liked the Phantom Menace better than this. No, you didn't. Don't lie. Yeah. Don't lie. Come on, you know. I mean, maybe episode nine. All right, we can have a discussion, but still, episode nine is still better than like trade federations and blockades and tariffs. Like, yes, then I will not argue about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it, it's just so stupid, so stupid. Just trying to pile on, and it oh, it's ridiculous. And I just punched my desk. <laughs> How do you really feel about it? Oh my gosh. I didn't do it intentionally. It'd be great if I did, but I didn't. <laughs> and I damn near broke my finger. Oh All right. boy. So what did you, did you, I mean, cause did you read these? I, I read, I skimmed through them. Like, like the, the SF gate article you were talking about. Um, I, I heavily dispute his statement that he's loved star Wars his whole life because yes. I, I think if you really, really did love star Wars your whole life, you would have an ability to understand what they were trying to do and yeah and this is something well, it that just I, seemed like he was missing some pieces like i don't even know who fennec shan except for this man it's like they kind of explained this in the mandalorian yeah. which you're claiming to like better than this it doesn't actually sound like you really like i got the impression that he's one of those people who's like oh i've always liked star wars like he's seen the movies all like once mm-hmm. and you know but he's a star wars fan you know wink wink nudge nudge for the purposes of writing this but yet seems to miss an awful lot of stuff yeah. you know and seems to have been writing off of google information and like wikipedia was his best friend 
writing this article. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, um, you know, some of the criticism is, you know, especially, you know, this article was about the first episode and, you know, the, the lack of action, the lack of dialogue, the lack of this. And it's just like, well, you know, at the same time though, if they had tried to do something similar to what they did in episode one of the Mandalorian, you would be writing about how this is exactly like the Mandalorian. So there, mm-hmm. there, there's really no satisfying, you know, certain people. Um, I, I, nope. I do think part of this is people processing their disappointment with what they thought should have happened. Um, you know, as we, mm-hmm. as we did in our real and jabroni episode, there were, you know, a number of rumors we, we, uh, adjudicated on, uh, that were, um, really around who was going to save him from the Sarlacc pit. Well, guess what? He saved himself from the Sarlacc pit because he had the flamethrower and he was able to do it. So, yeah. And I know. love how that's, I love how that's like a thing like, oh, he had 38 years to think about how you get out. And what do you get? It's like, seriously, like there would have been no way that any of this would have worked for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you're stuck in this thing and you've got a flamethrower, like you're not going to try and use that, you know? Uh, and yeah, some of it hasn't been the the, the greatest ever mm-hmm. but for crying out loud it's it, it, it we're not talking about like solving you know the the world's geopolitical pro- it's a tv show like yeah at some point just shut your brain off and enjoy it if you don't change the effing channel yep it's not that hard it really isn't well <sighs> and, and and i think what they're going for in this show is you know, unlike the Mandalorian where they had to do a lot of world building and, you know, building up the character and having that hook, you know, with, with the child, which, you know, again, if they try to do something like that in the very first episode would have been, you know, very derivative of what they did in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. you know, and they didn't do that because that isn't the point of this story. This story is taking a character and trying to, you know, build, uh, basically a a new world that he's functioning in, you know, outside of what we've typically seen him, you know, kind of interacting with. Like he's not a bounty mm-hmm. hunter anymore. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's interacting with an underworld which we've never seen in this galaxy before. Um except for little glimpses of it. And so, you know, they're they're doing some slow burn storytelling which I've enjoyed and I think makes a lot of sense because you need to do that kind of storytelling to provide color background and context for things that are going to be playing out later on. And, and I think when we see all the episodes from beginning to end, we'll, we'll, we'll look back and kind of understand why they did what they did there. But I thought Mm -hmm. that first episode was, was really interesting. You hit the nail on the head, I think, because it was very much kind of following that sort of samurai, you know, Kurosawa kind of storytelling where it isn't all boom, boom, boom action all the time. You know, and and that's Mm -hmm. that's not what they're going for here. And and yeah, you know, will there be a battle? Will we see Boba Fett in action, jetpacking in and shooting up a bunch of, you know, uh, soldiers and that sort of thing? Maybe, but I'll be honest, that's that's not the thing that I need to have in order for the episode to be successful every time. You know, like I I want good storytelling, I want development, I want depth, uh, and and I want to see this universe expanded out in ways that the movies just didn't have the time to, to explore. And, and that's why I think these three episodes are, are kind of a microcosm of that. They're, they're, they're building it out in that slow burn kind of way. Um, and, you know, it may just be that we, you know, as a 
fan base and, and, you know, kind of as a society just are so used to things being boom, 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 when we want them, um, mm-hmm. that we've lost that, that ability at times to enjoy that slow burn. You know what I mean? I do. Totally do. Totally. And actually go, go a little bit out of order here. Then there's a, there was a article from screen rant mm-hmm. that actually did talk about all three episodes because it was published recently and they, they take on the speeder bike scene. And, and I think some of the, that is fair and we've covered that. Um, although I, I do think that it goes back to something that I just said a little while ago is that you can't compare the wide open speeder train scenes and, and even the return of the Jedi forest speeder bike chase to something that's happening in most Espa mm-hmm. because if they're going at those speeds, they're out of town in 30 seconds. <laughs> You can't go that fast because then the other thing is all the buildings are a blur. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it has – you have to kind of almost have that, okay, this is at a different pace because these are all vehicles that are meant to be in town. They're not supposed to be out out in the dune sea cruising at, you know, a thousand miles an hour. Like these are just like – they're like the <laughs> – the freaking smart cars of of the Tatooine, you know, like mm-hmm. they're just meant to get around town. They don't need to go, you know, a warp speed 11 or, you know, they don't even have to cruise that fast. It's they're in town vehicles, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the other part goes back to what you were saying. Like there has to be dynamics. You can't just have really, really fast paced action and then stop. Like there's got to be degrees in between there. There's got to be gears. Like, a lot of these shows spend a lot of time in like second and third gear. And then they give you, a, you know, like the speeder train that was, that's fifth gear. Like you're, you're rolling. Yeah. But they spend a lot of time in those workhorse gears and that's okay. Right. That's how you right. build a story. Yeah. That is where most stories spend a lot of time. Good ones spend a lot of time building and getting that momentum going. Yep. I just, I, you know, it's like, yeah, you can pick at stuff, but come on. Like you want to just bury it for that? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yes. Let's let's just have everything be a Michael Bay movie. That'll be that'll be fantastic. <laughs> Won't that be great? Everything is just loud explosions and bright colors, and you can't tell what the hell is going on, and and just just characters that are are completely interchangeable from movie to movie. Yes. Make everything like that, please, please. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure all of these fans will be so much happier then. Uh, spoiler: They won't be. Mm-mm. So then we, of course, had another uh, the third of the 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 terrible trio here. We had a, we had an article from Forbes.com that you linked to. And and much like most Isley, uh, Forbes.com as a website is a wretched hive of scum and pop ups. Um, oh, not God. only is it not does it not only does that make it impossible to take them seriously, it's almost impossible to read what the hell was written because there's so much crap going on and moving and shifting. I'm like, this is the worst much like going to Guitar Center is like the worst retail experience I have ever had. Yeah. Ever. Like this is one of the worst online reading experiences ever. It's mm-hmm. just so much crap mm-hmm. that I almost gave up, but I, I persevered because of you, the people. The people. See, I didn't even try and do it that time. I was hoping that you'd come in and save me on that. Thank you, Mario Bain. Oh, well, but this entire thing is is premised on the fact that Book of Boba Fett is, is 6% uh, lower rated than Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is the lowest rated uh, you know, MCU or Star Wars show on the Disney Plus, which I think is hilarious because it's like, okay, so it's 83% as opposed to 89%. <laughs> 
Like we're talking about like it's the difference between like a D and an F. Like, no, it's the difference between a B plus and a B, B minus. It's kind of like, you know, the fans or or, or whoever's writing this article are kind of like the uh, the parents who just want all A's. You know what I mean? Oh, my. No, actually, and going back to our pre-production meeting, they're New England sports fans. They're just spoiled, rotten, and they want to eat their young at the first sign of, of anything going wrong. Mm-hmm. And and just, oh, my God. Now it's the sky is falling. Oh, shut up. Just, you know, it's a sport. And this is what it's like for most other fandoms. Just calm the F down and enjoy the games. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, the, but the fact that it's like 6% lower, which I think is hilarious. Hilarious, considering that even though it's it's rated six percent lower up below Falcon and Winter Soldier, which try to make it sound like this apocalyptic event, it's still better rated than all of the George Lucas produced prequel trilogy movies, <laughs> and not by just a little. For the first two, for episodes one and two, we are talking like twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Like those movies, despite all the revisionist history coming back from fans now, there's a stink wafting off of those. It still ain't gone away. All right. It's been 20 years and and it's like an outhouse out in the middle of the prairie in July. I think we need to be specific though. Revenge of the Sith still stands as a very, very good movie. So, Well, and that's the difference. Like the first two are, are, I mean, it's head and shoulders above. Episode three, it's still higher rated, but it's it's a smaller margin. It's a couple percentage points. You know what I think? But I just like the fact that we have to talk about, like, you have to put it in full context. Like, oh my gosh, it's so horrible, isn't it? It's so horrible. No, first of all, Marvel's just that damn good. Like, they are on a hot streak that we'll probably never see again in movies and TV and just being able to produce this much stuff that this many people love and that is just this good. You know what I think? Okay, so that's that's your bar. But if let's bring it back to the context of like you know the Star Wars Godfather, it's not a like you're acting like this is the freaking Hindenburg, the Titanic that with the moon crashing into both of them as they simultaneously burn and sink. It ain't. It ain't. No, this is this is actually pretty good by Star Wars standards. I'm thinking. Maybe this is an opportunity to see if we can get uh, Jimmy Dice back on. Maybe we need to go through and do a ranking of our Star Wars movies. Okay. Favorites. You know what I mean? Like what? I like, want to see like him what put our Phantom top, Menace. You know, 10 or 15. I want to see you put like Phantom Menace first. I want to just, I want to see. I might do that laugh. just to, you know, just to tweak you. You go right ahead and I'll delegitimize any kind of Star Wars authority you have and I'll win that Red 5 trivia thing by default. People just be like, of course, look at this. Look at it. He's insane. (laughs) He's huffing paint fumes. Uh, 7-4, man. 7-4. Ooh. Again, you're. I love you know, like even even when you're talking about fantasy football, like trying to kind of hold it over my head. This doesn't affect my life whatsoever. Sorry, doesn't doesn't mean it, a thing. But it does. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it does. It's it's like it's like moments out of my life that I'm never getting back. Oh. But it, you know what? 
much. The thing is, I've got so much love for you, my friend, that it doesn't matter. I am all in. If it makes you feel better, oh. I am here for you. Thank if you. I have to, if I have to be debased and dragged through the mud on a weekly basis <laughs> just so you can feel better about yourself, I'm here for you. I'm here for it, you, man. It is a test of knowledge, not a debasing and dragging you through the mud. The hell it isn't. You're enjoying every single second of it. <laughs> Watching me get dragged through the mud like a like a three legged crippled pig. Oh good Just, lord! <laughs> and there I am. Oh my gosh! And there you are chuckling. <laughs> Indeed. Um, swinging. So, anyways, what do you think? You're going to buy or sell this sucker? <laughs> well, actually, I, I want to just mention a couple things out of that Forbes article. Uh, if, if the pop ups oh, okay. start, you know, stop flying up. Um, oh, you're trying to look at it? Oh, you you fool you! I I think it's uh, I think it's stressing out my my CPU and memory on my MacBook here. But anyways, you've now been subscribed to six different mailing lists or address. <laughs> there's actually there's actually junk mail on your way to your door right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but w- what I found interesting in the article was some of the common complaints about, uh, the Boba Fett, you know, episode one, uh, Tamir Morrison can't match the charisma and presence of the Mandalorian's Pedro Pascal. Oh my gosh. That kills me. Oh, I don't think that's fair because I, I, they're two different characters. Like, why would you even try to compare the two of them? Exactly. That and the fact, uh, say whatever you want about Tamara Morrison and his acting ability and, and all of that. At least he wasn't in wonder woman 84. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I went there. I went there. You did. You can say whatever you want about my man Tamora, but you know what? At least he wasn't in that stinking pony loaf cesspool of a crap tastic train wreck of a movie. Oh man. He had nothing to do with that. Yep. You're, you're all of the, your critical darling Pedro Pascal, which, by the way, I I don't know if there's what the stunt double. I'll be interested to find out what the stunt double situation is with Tomorrow Morrison and if they're doing similar things to what they did with Pedro Pascal. But really, the the amount of time that you see Pedro in that Mando suit is kind of limited. Mm hmm. And and mostly we're talking like voiceover work for him, which I mean, hey, that's a that's a whole other thing that I mean I couldn't do. So kudos to him. But I I wonder how much credit he gets for the shaping of that character when a lot of that comes from the 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 uh, the two uh, stuntmen who are playing him in fights mm-hmm. and in and different aspects of of when they're just showing him with the helmet on, right. Right. How much of the physicality of that performance can you really give to Pedro Pascal? Yeah. So, and and that is a very, I mean, when you don't see the face and all you have, you have the voice and you have the physical presence. Pedro Pascal is a hundred percent of the voice, but he's not a hundred percent of the physical performance of the character. Yep. So I think I think you know, I mean, I love me some Mando. I you know, and I joke about you know Pedro being in Wonder Woman eighty four, which I mean, yeah, he he should feel a little Apologize. ashamed. Everyone in that movie. <laughs> Everyone in that movie should feel a little ashamed. Everyone should have should have to explain that for a few more years. But I mean, I think that you're giving him way too much credit mm-hmm. in order to just down this show. That's what I think. Yeah. Much in the same way that you have to tear down like Star Wars Episode Seven or whatever, just to feel better about other things. Like it's it's not about that. Yeah. Like you, I I think that for what they're asking tomorrow Morrison to do. I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a different character and he's going to play it differently. And, 
you know, I, I think you just have to, you know, is, is, is he super energetic and excited? Well, no, but I mean, that may be what his character is. You know what I mean? Like well, he's, but he's also he, a clone. He, he's a clone. He's a quiet, you know, kind of, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, uh, you know, he's, co- you know, he's calculating, um, mm-hmm. this, th- this is a guy who, you know, as a bounty hunter, it's not in your best interest to be front and center, you know, with the spotlight on you, you're, you're operating in the shadows, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so I, I feel like he plays that kind of character very well. And I thought if anything in episode two, you know, this, this article is addressing episode one, but in episode two, I thought you really saw a lot more from him in terms of the way he was, you know, interacting with the, the, you know, the Tuscan Raiders who they themselves, you know, are, are you know, these are people playing characters who cannot speak English and are kind of doing their own, you know, way of communicating and, and, you know, the way he was kind of interacting with them was, was great. I mean, I think as an actor, he's doing a phenomenal job. Um, yeah. Not to mention, I think that people have this image of like, of, of Mando being this hugely dynamic character. He really wasn't. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get where people are coming up with that. Like, yeah. I think that's a lot of like getting into like season two Mando when, you know, he starts getting pulled out of his shell by, you know, by some of the people that he encounters mm-hmm. season one Mando, which I mean, I think is more accurate to compare to what you're seeing in season one of Boba Fett. I mean, just shoot, just trying to, you know, shoot from the hip on that. But it was not like this happy go lucky, like talky talk guy. Yeah. 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 Just wasn't. I mean, very kind of, I mean, it, to me, like seemed very similar. Um, yeah. The, the other points in the article, uh, the Sarlacc escape, which should have been a key moment for the character was kind of weird and boring. And to me, I'm like thinking, well, well, what, what did you want them to do? Spend like 15 minutes on him getting out of that, that Sarlacc pit. Is that what, you know, again, I, I, I think we as fans kind of had our own headcanon of what we wanted to see from it. And because we didn't Mm -hmm. see, you know, because it was such a simple escape, like, you know, some people are looking at like, oh, well, that was a big letdown. Well, it's like, okay, but sometimes the simplest explanation is really the the most logical, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what did you want him to do? Grab onto, you know, the teeth and try to crawl out while the thing's like chomping on him? I mean, it's just like, it's like, what you know, I mean, maybe flying out with the jetpack would have, you know, been, you know, kind of interesting and maybe slightly funny to see. But, um, but you know, but I thought it was a pretty logical way to do it. Burn your way out, crawl out and get out of the sand. I mean, I mean, you know, be done with it at mm-hmm. that point. Um, yep. What was the other thing? The- well, and it gives you it gives you an explanation of why after all of that exertion, it gives you the reason why someone's able to take his armor from him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and the fact that he was already kind of partially digested. I mean, I mean, like I I mm-hmm. like how when he's with the Tuscans, you see in on his skin, you you see him, you know, scarred and and you know, kind of turning a different color almost because I mean, mm-hmm. he was in the belly of this beast for a period of time. So, yeah. you know, so I, I thought they did fine service to that. Uh, there was another one about the fight scene in, in the present day uh, when when he and Fennec are like kind of boxed in by those mercenaries with those, you know, kind of energy shields. And, um, you know, it's it made no sense to box him in. He could have flown away. Well, if you watch the fight sequence, there's not a whole lot of time to think about kicking the jetpack into gear. You know, I mean, it's like I mean, all well, this stuff is just he, like stupid, like use your brain. You know what I mean? It's just, I didn't. Uh. Well, not to mention the fact that he's, if he does that, they're going to get Fennec Shand, which is his one ally. Yeah. He's got, he's got like his little butler droid 
and those two uh what Gamorans yep. and Fennec Shand. Yep. And out of the out of all of them, Fennec Shand is definitely the most valuable asset. So you're just gonna leave her high and dry. Like, right. yeah, that's that's gonna that's gonna be great. Turn her against you. Yeah, but like come on. Exactly. And like you say, it's happening in a split second. Like I mean, yeah. And then of all the things. And then the last thing, Fett seems too vulnerable. He needs to recover twice in a back to tank in a single episode. He was in the belly of a sarlacc for crying out loud, people. (laughs) And he's old. And he's old. Like you know, you and I. It's been a hot minute. Oh my gosh, my back. Yeah, this this is written by some like twenty-five-year-old young pop who can still go out and pound down like a you know half a bottle of vodka, then wake up and run five miles in the morning, and you know. In the meantime, like you and me are much closer to the age of Boba Fett than we are to that dude. Indeed. We we understand. Like I already said, I, I want to back the tank more than I want a lightsaber right now. I'm not kidding. Like I'm not saying that is a joke. I'm not saying that is <laughs> to get chuckles. That is a legit thing. Like I would love to have me a back the tank. I would love to have that. Yep. Yep. All right, I have closed the articles, and I think my computer is no longer working uh, terribly hard. So <laughs> you are... <laughs> You're just malwared right to the <laughs> to, to the gills, baby, to the gills. Forbes.com. Oh. You're actually going to have to reformat your entire laptop Gosh. after this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, my Real goodness. quick, before we get to buy or sell, uh, I'll just throw it out there. My favorite episode, episode two. I think, uh, yeah, I think episode yeah, I two agree. with, with, with the, the, the teaching, you know, him being taught by the Tuscans, him teaching the Tuscans, the whole you know, train hijacking adventure and the way, uh, you know, they, well, not to mention going in and taking out that biker gang. Yeah. Oh, that too. That was fantastic. I, I, episode two of the three right now is probably my favorite at this point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That I would agree. And then buy or sell. Where are you, my friend? I'm buying. Uh, I mean, come on. I was already in on this. (laughs) If you couldn't tell we're, we're sold baby. We're sold on this. I'm, I'm once again in that whole territory of like, can I buy what I already bought? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes. I want to buy it again. Excellent. And you, sir. Uh, oh, I'm a strong buy. I I'm loving this. I'm geeking out on it. This is, this is great. I'm, I'm, I'm really pulling for, uh, as, as we see the series progress and we talked about this in real and jabroni, I'm, I'm really hoping we see, uh, you know, Crimson Dawn or, or, you know, we see Kira potentially, you know, like, like just kind of rounding out the picture of the underworld and who's all involved and what's going on and, and finding out mm-hmm. who's kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes with what's, you know, happening at Mos Espa. I, I think that would be really great to kind of link all that together. Um, you know, I know we talked about a few other characters and stuff, but if, if we at least get that, I, I think that's going to be really cool. We, maybe we get something else that we didn't even see coming. We, I don't know. But one thing I am looking forward to now that it has been established is Danny Trejo walking down the street with Boba sitting on the rank or riding that bad boy. So, yes. Oh, and how come I, I just want to see I want to see uh, Danny's character with an actual machete. Oh, yeah. <laughs> come on. Just see him hack at somebody with that trademark like like Trejo sneer. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be lovely. Oh, yes. Oh. Well, now, what do you got for and another thing this week, sir? Uh, So my and another thing, uh, yesterday, uh, the missus and I went out to the movie theater and saw uh, House of Gucci. 
House of Gucci. Ah. Uh, you know, kind of hitting some of these pictures that are looking like they're going to be, uh, you know, kind of in the conversation for the Oscar, uh, you know, uh, Oscar best picture. And, uh, oh, did you get it? Are you voting this year? Uh, I, I believe I got my ballot in the mail. Uh, so I, oh, I will be submitting, uh, you know, a full slate of uh, movies that I feel uh, are deserving and probably uh, may go in the complete opposite direction of most of the critics or, or those that are paid large sums of money to vote in strange ways. Yeah. But anyways. Didn't, I actually, I, one year I actually did get sent I was honored by the Academy. I was, I was asked as a kind of, uh, you know, a courtesy just, you know, through some people that I knew to, okay. to submit some votes. Right. Uh, the problem, I, I've never been asked back since then because I, I put Smokey and the Bandit for every single <laughs> category. <laughs> Eastbound and down. <laughs> Which the fact that it's night, it's not 1977 kind of really, I think it might've messed with them a little bit and they've, they've realized their, their mistake pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, did, I have to ask, was Wanda the Wicked Warden on the ballot? No, I wasn't familiar with that one yet. Although, <laughs> now that I think about it, that would have been a much better way to go. That would have really... Cause if I, I might have actually gotten invited back. If you're going to go that, out, you go out with a blaze of glory, my friend, right? <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. <laughs> But no, uh, so we yeah we saw House of Gucci. Uh, actually, very 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 well done film. Um, very mm. interesting story. Uh, you know, can't say I was really dialed into what happened with that family, um, but it was uh, uh, you know just just a very well done story with uh, Lady Gaga and Adam Driver playing uh, you know kind of the the principal characters, uh, Patricia Reggiani and Maurizio Gucci. Um, but, uh, just, a top to bottom, a, an amazing cast, Jared Leto, Jared Leto was, was actually really, really good as Paolo Gucci. Um, just didn't mm-hmm. even recognize him, uh, as that character, but he, he just played it with such a kind of comedic flair almost. I mean, it, like, like, like you, you're kind of chuckling, but it wasn't so funny that it, it took you out of the film. You know what I mean? Like he just played mm, yeah. like this incompetent boob of a, of, of a guy who, who, who just, you know, just kind of, I don't know. It just, it just made you laugh when you heard him act and talk and whatever. Uh, Jeremy Irons, Salma Hayek, Al Pacino, who has a moment in the movie where he's like, he has that moment where that, that, that Fredo, you broke my heart moment. Uh, oh, it's fantastic. Um, uh, Jack Jack uh, Houston Huston I know how to say his name he's he's been in some other good good flicks and just okay. just a really uh, deep deep uh, roster of of a cast um, just kind of telling the story from the late seventies through uh, to the mid to late nineties uh, you know leading up to the the murder of of Maurizio um, was was just uh, just really well done so mm. uh, I would recommend it if if you're heading out to to catch a flick uh, check it out. One thing, uh, if I may just uh, step on my soapbox for a moment. One thing I just want to ask the peoples. If you go mm-hmm. to the movie theater, just remember, the people around you have not paid money to hear you talk in the theater. My, my, my wife and I have gone oh, out the last gosh, three yes. times, and I cannot mm-hmm. tell you how rude some people have been. <laughs> not just oh, during the yeah. trailers, but during the movie itself, where it's just like, I did not pay to hear you talk. Stop talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this, this people that I've, this people I've gone to the movies with in the, in the past few years, 
that I will not go to movies with again. Oh, jeez. Because they are those people and they're trying to like chuckle. I'm like, I didn't, number one, I didn't come here to listen to you give me a commentary track on the movie. <laughs> I came to watch the movie. I know. And second of all, I, this is like the type of thing that I can't stand when I'm watching a movie. So <sighs> I'm, I'm like, you're being the person that I normally like am giving, you know, the stink eye to. So no, I, I'm not going to a movie with you. No mo. I'm, like that ain't that ain't happening. I'm trying not to be that guy that gets up and has to say just shut up. But it's like it's getting yeah. to that point because it's like just stop talking. Well, and then sometimes, and then the other part of this is, I I will one of the my wife will be this person at a movie. She's not trying to give me a commentary track, but she wants me to fill her in. I'm like, it just happened. Like it was, it's the gigantic screen right in front of us. Like it's, it's unfolding before our eyes. <laughs> She's like, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. I haven't seen the flick. <laughs> That's how stories work. Like it, oh. it happens on the, on this gigantic screen in front of us but, and you'll see. But the thing, and if you don't, then you don't. But the thing that I, th- I, I, I thought you'd appreciate is so as the trailers are playing, you know, these people sitting near us are, are running their mouths or whatever. And then this trailer comes on for this movie, Cyrano de Bergerac. It's, it's called Cyrano, but it's, it's mm-hmm. Cyrano de Bergerac. And it gets to the end and the guy is like, oh, that was written by Shakespeare. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't, son. You, you, you might want to check that one out. You might want to Google that one and read about what that's, you know, who really wrote that play, my friend. That's one where you should have you should have totally pulled out the survey says <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, Bernie, where are you? Bernie. Where are we? we need you? <laughs> Good Lord. Anyways, I've gone way off topic, uh, but staying on brand. Uh, so House of Gucci, highly recommended. Check it out if uh, if you're just looking for one of the Oscar contenders, I believe, uh, this this year. Uh, check it out. Well acted, well done, and uh, you will be entertained. You, sir, what is your end another thing? Well, my end another thing, I'm pretty sure, I know that I've done this one at least once. I might, this might be the third time I've, I've <laughs> used this as, as another thing. However, there is a good reason, reason for it. Uh, so I was a fan of the show when I first started watching it. I actually put off watching it for quite a while. And then I, I said, okay, I'll, fine, I'll give it a watch. And then I became obsessed with it. And then wasn't, was not able to watch the final three episodes and so I've been wondering how this thing ends. When I got when we got hooked up back to the Netflix, I started a, a full rewatch because it had been about two years since I'd started watching this thing. And so uh, my and another thing is the TV show Longmire, mm-hmm. starring uh, Robert Trailer, Robert Taylor, excuse me, Katie Sackoff, Lou Diamond Phillips, among others. And uh, it's uh, the quick little synopsis is Walt Longmire is the dedicated and unflappable sheriff of Absaroka County, Wyoming. Widowed only a year, he is a man in psychic repair, but buries his pain behind his brave face, unassuming uh, grin and dry wit. And just a great cast, great show. Finally got all the way through it. Absolutely satisfying ending. And uh, the cast here is was really great because apparently uh, Robert Taylor when the books were written, there is another actor uh, named Robert Taylor uh, from years ago. I don't know when, how many years, but years. And uh, he, uh, that's who the, the author based it on. And then they wound up with another Robert Taylor playing him 
as the lead role. Really good. Uh, just perfect for the role. Katie Sackhoff, of course, again, just fantastic. Lou Diamond Phillips was so good in this show. Oh, really? So good. Nice. And like, it was like every time he, I, like every few episodes that would go by, cause I did get caught doing this like three or four episodes in a row. Sometimes there would just be, be these moments from like, yeah, I'm just so glad that Lou Diamond Phillips is still, it was just so, I don't know why I was just like, it's just fantastic in the show. Um, and, and then some other great, uh, actors in this, uh, I actually, Funny one was a uh, Cassidy Freeman who plays Katie Longmire, the the daughter of uh, Walt Longmire, the sheriff. And I actually saw her in a trailer for another show that I want to start watching uh, on HBO Max called The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, okay. and I saw her in the trailer. I'm like, hey, that's Katie Longmire. And I'm like, that's totally not who that is. But, you know, that's that's who that who she played. Um, and then also, uh, a couple that I want to point out, a Martinez who plays kind of, uh, an antagonistic figure throughout six seasons, Jacob Nighthorse, really, really good at just being a character who you can't quite pin down who you, you like, you want to hate him, but at the same time, you kind of can't because you're like, well, is he really behind stuff? It, just very kind of, uh, a- ambiguous in terms of, of where he falls and everything. Uh, and also, uh, Zahn, Zahn McLaren. McLarnan, I'm probably totally mangling that, who uh, played uh, this guy, Officer Matthias, who was in, he's the guy who I talked about being in Hawkeye, who played, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? The antagonist who's deaf. Oh, uh, Echo. Echo. It's it's Echo's father. Oh, right. Is that same actor. Yep. And he was just great. I mean, so many, so many kind of great, it's kind of the opposite of, um, when we were talking about in uh, another life where a lot of like the smaller parts, you just never felt like the characters rounded out and that maybe even some of the actors weren't quite right for it or whatever, but you never really got into those, those minor characters for this show, even with the minor characters, I felt like they, they rounded them out and that they, they had their place in the universe. It was, it might have not have been a huge part, but they did a really good job of giving everyone a little bit of time and, and everyone a little bit of business to do. So you really felt like it was a real place. And it's not just like one of those fake backlot things where there's you, you see the face of the building and there's nothing behind it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I thought it was just it was just a really well done show. It's six seasons. So there's plenty there for you to watch. But to me, it's not an insurmountable <laughs> number of shows. So it's it's 63 episodes. So you can you can get through it. It took me a little while, but well worth your time. Well worth your time. Nice, nice. I think I'll have to check it out. It's it's a it's a good start. And and to go along with that, I've now that I've finished that, I've been figuring out what I'm going to watch. I actually finally watched the first episode of Game of Thrones the other night. Ah, nice. I'm not sure I'm going to get. I'm going to give it a few more episodes. I'm not sure it's my genre. Please do. Sort of like. Eh. Please do. It's kind of interesting, but that after a while, I'm like, I don't know if this is my thing. I don't know. I'll, we'll see. Get through we'll season see. one. Just push through season one. Oh gosh, that's a that's that's ten episodes, dude. That's a lot to kind of push through when you're like, I don't know if I want to deal with like knights and dragons and come on. You know, hearing winter is coming like every other line. Like, when's winter going to actually get here? Because you keep on saying it's coming, and and y'all <laughs> chuckle like it's something. Like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I get it. I've seen the memes. I, I told them when I already got one. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like the French tar. 
Good Lord. That and I mean, the other part is like, I'm just, it's like, oh man, how long am I going to get into this? If I'm going to start liking Sean Bean's character, like how long before he gets off? Because that's just what happens. You know, his character is not going to make it through this whole thing. So I don't know, but we'll see. It we'll could see. happen. <laughs> it could. Probably not. <laughs> Anyways. Thank you all for uh, for tuning in and for listening. It has now come to that wonderful, well, not wonderful, wonderful for the people who don't want to be listening, who might be held prisoner in a car right now with, with an avid listener of Free Range Idiocy who are just like, can we listen to anything else? Anything. Luckily for you, but tragically for the rest of us, all the members of the Free Range Idiocy congregation who have gathered, we do so appreciate all of our listeners and all our subscribers. If you have not yet subscribed to Free Range Idiocy, what in the hell is wrong with you? You need to get on that, sir or ma'am. And you need to uh, you need to find the podcast purveyor of your choice. Search for Free Range EDC and subscribe. That way you can also go to freerangeedc.com. That'll be all of our episodes right there in a nice pretty row for you. Go ahead, download them all. Make those numbers go up and we'll just be so excited. You can also subscribe right there through Podbean. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. If you want even more of the free range EDC experience, mm-hmm. which I, I don't even know what that actually means, but it sounds good. If you want more, what you can do though, is you can follow us on the social medias. Cause we love us. Some social medias. We're on the Instagram. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Facebook. You can find all of those at free range EDC. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, uh, just anything that you want to know, anything, anything at all, doesn't matter if it has to do with the show or not. What you do is you, you send all those questions to Tim at freerangeedc.com and he will answer them all impeccably because he is just that knowledgeable of a human being. I am. <laughs> I was waiting I was waiting to see if you're going to come up with something. I'm glad you <laughs> chimed in. Thank you. So, now we finally come to the the time of the show where I finally get to shut my uh shut my gums here and stop flapping and we turn over to the man they call Tim to take us home but before before we do that we need to ask the second most important question ever asked by humankind. The first, of course, being what is hip? The second being, what the hell did we learn this week? Uh, we've learned the following, my friend. Ah, uh, good. Uh, we, we have learned that uh, the man they call Tim and Uncle Todd respect the Felicia Rasad stink eye. When she gives you the stink mm. eye, you just say, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Respect, Bubba. Respect. <laughs> It humbled you. We've also they should learned. give you the soup next. Put you in the camel clutch. That's right, Bubba. Uh, we've I also learned. I wish I could do a better cheek impression. I really do. I feel like I'm missing the boat on that. I need to work on. Do that. work on it. We, we've also learned that uh, Uncle Todd uh, is still trying to get to know who exactly Jonathan Majors is, but he will figure it out one day. One day. I feel so stupid. I feel dumber for that than any of the Star Wars trivia. I really do. Oh, it's just one dude. Like I, I should be able to comprehend that but uh, uh it's a blind spot we we have also learned uh the man they call tim he's up by three in the red five trivia contest we're running here with star wars but uncle todd can always make a comeback and just remember how your fantasy football team uh, turned out I know. ride coming you won't let me fall. forget it not if you keep on rubbing my nose in this trivia thing. No, I shan't. Uh, no, you shan't. Uh, and we've also learned, you know, Book of Boba Fett is 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 uh, really kind of show. Is what? A show. Oh. I was trying to know if I was going to have to prompt you on no, this. No, 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 no. I, I was trying to come up with, with the right phrasing for this. The, the right articulation, uh, if you will. Uh, uh, yes. But no, Book of Boba Fett, uh, 
you know, really doing storytelling uh, in, in a very, you know, very strategic, very artistic and, and entertaining way. And, uh, you know, if, if you read some of the uh, criticism, some of the hate out there, just kind of ignore it. it. It is something to be taken in like a fine wine, if you will. Just enjoy it. And uh, I, I'm very excited to see where uh, where Dave Filoni and crew are going to be taking us in these next, you know, five or so episodes that, that remain. But whatever it is, I, I think we are going to come out at the end of it and look back and say, my goodness, this was yet another wondrous piece of Star Wars work that was done by, by these, uh, these folks who are taking us on these great journeys, exploring the corners of this universe that we have not seen in the movies. And, uh, and I'm excited to see where, where this all goes. So do check it out. Do enjoy it. And do ignore those people who cannot take joy from good storytelling. Can I get an amen? Amen. Sip the wine. Dump the hater. There we go. Ah, well said, sir. Well said. Well oh, said. if I had a tambourine right now. Oh, oh. very nice. Very nice. Well, as we uh, are, you know, ought to do uh, at the end of our show here, uh, we want to oh, wish... Oh, wait. It's, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Excuse me. Oh. Uh, breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, WWE has just uh, released Chris Jericho, which is terribly confusing considering he hasn't worked for the company in several years. <laughs> However, they, they did say that they just wanted to make sure that everyone understood that he was no longer working for them due to budget cuts and that they wish him the best in all of his future endeavors. Indeed. And, uh, oh, and we did learn one other thing, because we, we do here at, at Free Range Agency, uh, as we close the show, we like to talk about being safe, being healthy, being kind. Be kind. When you go to the movie theater, be kind. Please. <laughs> just, just shut the hell up. Just don't talk during the movie. <laughs> I, I, I don't pay the money to hear you talk. Oh, my gosh. But do please uh, keep that in mind. Uh, and with all that uh, being said and with all we've discussed, uh, as we like mm -hmm. to close things out, uh, do indeed be safe, be healthy, mm -hmm. be kind, be good to one another. Uh, and, uh, you know, for goodness sakes, uh, we're, you know, we, we run a tight outfit here. We got to pay Patrick a little bit. So uh, we're on a budget. Please, would you hit the lights on I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. Patrick, you get any progress in that pomade? <laughs> you what? No, I didn't want you to order me any. Oh, geez. I wanted, you, <laughs> oh. I wanted to see if you'd get us to be a sponsor, then to be a sponsor. We promote Honky Tonk Man's pomade on the show and, you know, try and make a few, make a few bucks here. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. So you didn't look up the pomade? What have you been doing this whole time? Well, then what what'd you order? A Pomeranian? That's on you, man. Bring me my credit card back right now. Where are you going? Hey, come back. I'm <laughs> now get the hell out of here!